Hey there, it's Curiosity Fellow Marie Mendoza here. I'm not a native Chicagoan, and when I first moved here six years ago, I was struck by a little phrase I saw plastered over some billboards, usually of car dealerships. You probably heard it before. Uh-oh, it's the man from Nissan. He's here in Chicagoland to make Chicagoland. 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 The Chicagoland. Headline denying only in Chicagoland. Yep, Chicagoland. When I first heard it, I was like, wait, what? This sounds like some mythical place you would read about in a book, or maybe Disneyland's lesser-known sister. Not a whole metropolitan area. And I'm from New York's tri-state area, which is aptly named. It turns out this has been a major curiosity for a lot of you over the years. How did Chicagoland get to be a widely used term? There's no Detroit land or Cincinnati land or Phoenix land. I think I heard something either on the radio or a commercial where they said the Chicagoland area. And I realize I use that term all the time. And I think, okay, well, you've got Chicago, the city. You've got the Chicago area, which I think of as Chicago and the suburbs. And Chicagoland, which I think is the same thing. So to me, Chicagoland area is just redundant. The term Chicagoland has become such a part of the DNA of the region that I think that most people haven't thought to question where it even came from. So coming up, we're going to look at the origins of this term, how its meaning has changed over time, and the media mogul, or colonel, behind it all. That's after the break. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I'd never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. People have visceral reactions to the term Chicagoland, like our question askers. They had mixed feelings about the way we talk about the region. Maybe you're like Maureen Stabile, who gets a little sentimental when she hears Chicagoland. I used to find it annoying, but when it came to my attention that it was apparently a, a quirky Chicago-specific term, then I came to like it. Or you're more like Scott Bates, who thinks it's cringy. It's kind of a, a pet peeve of mine. I think it's a silly name. It just sounds like an amusement park. Or if you're more like Monica Rada, it's complicated. It feels like it's a catch-all that is kind of lumping all of Chicago's issues in, you know, saying possibly Will Met has the same issues as the actual city of Chicago or as Cicero, which is far from the truth. In order to understand the how and why of Chicagoland, we need to talk about the who. All of that is tied to Robert McCormick, or Colonel McCormick, as he was known. If you've been around Chicago long enough, you've seen the name McCormick. Think McCormick Place on Chicago's near south side. The colonel was a larger-than-life businessman, a distinguished World War I vet, and an influential figure in the city's history. He's probably best known for his time as the publisher and owner of the Chicago Tribune. And the word Chicagoland can be traced back to him in that era of the paper's reporting. Now, there's debate on whether McCormick can be credited with actually coining the word. Some people speculate that it might have made an appearance in a lesser-known paper outside the city. But one thing's for sure, McCormick definitely popularized it. And without him, it wouldn't be in Chicago's vocabulary. 
The earliest reference to the word Chicagoland I could find was nearly 100 years ago, in the July 27, 1926 edition of the Tribune. Plastered on the front page is a story from James O'Donnell Bennett titled Chicagoland Shrines, A Tour of Discoveries. This was the first in the series of articles published that year. He went throughout the Midwest, places that I would not imagine being Chicagoland, like even from like the late 20th century to now. So he goes to Dubuque, Iowa, Moline, Illinois, Holland, Michigan. He does hit some of the suburbs. That's Peter Alter. He's with the Chicago History Museum. Now, we call people out when they say they're from Chicago, but they're really from Schaumburg. So Iowa and Michigan, part of Chicagoland? Today, the metro area as we know it doesn't go beyond the near suburbs. But back then, Chicagoland covered a whole swath of the Midwest. And that might have been a business strategy on McCormick's part. Robert R. McCormick was really looking to say, okay, if Chicagoland encompasses pretty much the Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and Wisconsin, then that's all of the places that should be reading the Tribune. And just maybe, if these places were tied to Chicago in some way, they would come to see the city in a positive light. That journalist that we mentioned, James O'Donnell Bennett, seems to be the conduit for McCormick's idea. James O'Donnell Bennett was a well-known writer. He published novels. He was also known for his war reporting. He reported on the Spanish-American War, and he reported on World War I. And that's really what he was known for was his war reporting. That might have also been part of McCormick's thinking is let's connect this well-known journalist to this phrase Chicagoland. Peter says in these articles, James O'Donnell Bennett essentially puffs up the places he goes to. Every place that he visits is like the best place ever, right? You know, like the people are nice. It has the best attractions. It has the loveliest countryside, the best restaurants, the best hotels. And soon enough, other surrounding communities wanted to be part of Chicagoland. So there was a Peoria editorial that was published in the Tribune from one of the editors of a Peoria newspaper that was arguing in favor of this idea of Chicagoland and that Peoria should be included. One of the Kankakee newspapers a couple years later invited him like, wait a minute, we want to be we want to be in on this Chicagoland thing. Colonel McCormick was a dominating figure at the Tribune, and this wasn't the first time he introduced a new concept to the paper. Like, the Tribune had a simplified spelling system that was in place until 1975, which was McCormick's brainchild. So a word like freight, F-R-E-I-G-H-T, was spelled F-R-A-T-E. Or rhyme, R-H-Y-M-E, which they spelled R-I-M-E. And that's just the kind of publisher he was, according to Jeffrey Anderson. He's the director of the Glen Ellen Historical Society, but he used to be the longtime historian at Cantini Park, the former estate of McCormick. Even during his lifetime, Fortune magazine kind of made fun of the Chicago Tribune with how much Colonel McCormick was basically just publicizing Chicagoland. And that is big map where they changed what he considered to be Chicagoland and they called the Tribune town. I think they were trying to come at him being this this media, you know, mogul and looking at it that way and trying to poke fun at him. I don't think it bothered McCormick in the slightest. Jeffrey says that besides good business, McCormick really loved the city of Chicago and wanted to bring attention to it. 
At the time, New York was seen as the city of culture, and Chicago was seen as the city of industry. And McCormick wanted to elevate Chicago's profile. That's why they had artwork printed in the Tribune so people could cut it out, frame it, and put it in their homes. Lots of ways to bring culture and the world to the residents of Chicago. So it was business purposes of boosting Chicago, so boosting his newspaper. But Inca was more than that. He was definitely devoted to the city. In his 1955 obit from the New York Times, he was known as a figure to be reckoned with by, quote, making the Tribune virtually indispensable in Chicago and in its five-state circulation area, which he called Chicagoland, end quote. Despite the enthusiasm from places like Peoria and Kankakee about McCormick's Chicagoland, not everyone wanted in. Here's Peter Alter. And this editorial, again, all 1926, said, you know, let's quote this woman from Nauvoo, Illinois, saying, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with Chicago. It's far away. It's corrupt. And it's violent. Sound familiar? Those same negative Chicago tropes that we know, unfortunately, well today. The same kinds of conversations that we might be having in 2023 were also being had almost 100 years ago. Where does the rest of the Midwest fit into Chicago as this location, you know, this like jewel of the Midwest, as it was called, especially in the late 19th century? The original Chicagoland bounds stretch far beyond the city and our suburbs. And although nobody I interviewed can say definitively why it shrunk so much, Peter has a theory. As other Midwestern cities started to grow and have their own local newspapers, there was more of a focus on incorporating the Chicago suburbs into Chicagoland instead. People, if they were leaving the city in these neighborhoods where they grew up and they were looking for lawns and a place to park the car and a better school and so forth, but they're still reading the Tribune, right? The growth of the area population-wise and all of it's also the suburbanization of it oddly may have had like this effect to shrink geographically, but grow the immediate Chicagoland area. So, like we covered, Chicagoland was popularized by the Chicago Tribune. But how do we use it now to describe the region? That's next. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I'd never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. The term Chicagoland as we know it today can be traced back to the Chicago Tribune. And working at a news organization myself, I wondered, do other outlets use Chicagoland to describe the region too? I'm sure most of you have never paid attention to this little detail, unless of course you're a WBEZ superfan. But our newsroom tends to shy away from the term. And when I asked around, people here also have a visceral reaction to Chicagoland. Here's a voice that might be familiar. I want to say... The term Chicagoland, it's, 
I feel like I hear it in commercials more than I would in actual news copy. I If I've heard it, it's like for carpeting companies or car dealerships. That's Lisa Labas. She's WBEZ's midday anchor, and she's been at the station for 25 years. I can't say that I've ever seen it in news copy. And if I did, I would just change it to Chicago area. Just like instinctively, like not a second thought about it. I think so. Isn't that weird? Why? 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 I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a real thing. And I know that the term was invented by who? Colonel McCormick, I think, from the Tribune. Yeah, it was like forever ago. So um, I, I don't know. He just, he made it up. He made it up. So I'm not going to use that. That's not like verifiable. <laughs> not everyone feels the same way at WBEZ. Claire Lane, I'm looking at you. She's our anchor sub and reporter. She used to work at a different radio station where it was informally banned. Now at WBEZ, she says she's warmed up to the term. I think the older that I get, the more perspective that I get on Chicago was that a lot of this stuff just doesn't matter. You know, like now if I'm somewhere and I want ketchup and a hot dog, I have no problem ordering it. I don't feel that sense of shame or how could you do this? So now I view Chicagoland kind of like that. If I'm on the air and I want to say it's a sunny day in Chicagoland, then I say it and I feel good about it. Well, at least nobody has reprimanded her about it yet. Claire is kind of an anomaly in the newsroom. While there doesn't seem to be an official WBEZ rule prohibiting Chicagoland in broadcast copy, that notion to abstain had to have come from somewhere. In order to get to the bottom of it, I asked an OG BEZer. You might have heard his name before. Ira Glass says it nearly every week on This American Life. BEZ Management Oversight by Tori Malatia, who welcomes his beloved radio staff every single morning to the radio station with this greeting. F you. Get out of my face. Yep, Tori Malatia. He's the former CEO of WBEZ and currently the CEO of the Public's Radio in Rhode Island. He can't remember the hairy details, but somewhere along the line, he got legal advice to stop using Chicagoland to prevent litigation with the Tribune Company. So it could be that I was told, you know, this this could end up getting litigious or whatever, so stop this. But it didn't break my heart not to use it because I thought, well, you know, it's there are other ways to say this. But see, it's who would really sue over this? So he brought this policy to WBEZ's newsroom and he said the Trib owned it. I think I explained it to the, the staff. You know, it's theirs. They actually have a copyright on it. They probably wouldn't be upset if we used it. But why worry about it when there are other ways to refer to this? And let's just avoid it. And I think people did. I mean, I, I don't remember it being something I always had to correct. It, it like just went away. Yeah. Now, I should interject here to say we asked the chief legal officer for the Tribune Company if there was indeed a copyright on Chicagoland. And she didn't seem to know either. And I think that speaks to how the terms origin and meaning have become divorced over time. Chicagoland isn't so much a Tribune thing anymore. But maybe Colonel McCormick would still be proud to see that the term has become its own concept. They've been helping Chicagoland families remodel their homes. Regular packages, $10.99 only in Chicagoland. Comcast, proud to be Chicagoland's new cable company. For more stories about hidden gems in and around Chicago, check us out at wbez.org slash curious city. That's also the place where you can ask us questions. 
Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation and is produced by Jason Mark and Joe Dassault. Adriana Cardona-McGeegod is Curious City's reporter. Maggie Sivet is the digital and engagement producer. Susie Ahn is our editor. Curious City is a production of WBEZ Chicago and is part of the NPR Network. I'm Marie Mendoza. Thanks for listening. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org slash curious. Thank you.